Hi, everyone. This is the Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. I'm your host, Dr. Ayo Gathing. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, and a health and relationship expert. I am here to liberate you from your boring-ass love life. Lose the good girl and unleash your inner bad girl to finally find love and get the relationship you deserve. Hello out there, bad girls. Do we have a great episode for you today? You do not want to miss this. Sit back turn your radio up and just be prepared to be blown away. Today we have my friend and colleague, Katie Flatto. She is just going to give you so many gems. Katie is the founder and CEO of Mindful You LLC. She is a certified life coach since 2010. She spent 15 years in corporate America, focusing on advertising research and award-winning account management. And she now is committed to helping professionals find a mindful balance in both their work and personal lives. And she comes from her own experience of industry and career shifting mergers and acquisitions, several rounds of corporate layoffs, three relocations, and many years of business travel to over 50 U.S. markets. She is such a knowledgeable chick. She knows it all. (laughs) She knows that an individual armed with the tools to skillfully manage change and stress is much more likely to be both an asset to their organization and able to experience a higher level of satisfaction in their personal lives. Welcome, my friend, Katie Flatto. Hi, hey, everybody. Hey, Dr. Ayo. <laughs> oh, I'm just so excited to have you here today. I feel like everyone's just going to vibe on how awesome we are and just feel our chemistry right away. And I'm hoping they're going to learn so much from this, this delightful discussion. So first, I just want to tell everyone just how we know each other. And I mean, I know we had talked recently that we couldn't even remember the actual first moment we met. Isn't that so weird? I mean, I know it's been a while. How long has it been? It's been a while. It's probably been, oh, I want to say it's been almost 16 or 17 years at this point. Yes. And we're not going to give away our ages, but we have known each other. (laughs) longer than some of you might have been alive. Yeah. So I know I was in medical school when we met because we met through a mutual friend, one of your best friends that went to medical school with me. And you had just, correct me if I'm wrong, you had just moved to Atlanta not too long before we met, right? Yes. I'd been in Atlanta for about three months before we actually met. And then Emily decided to surprise move down there to start medical school and started school with all of these amazing people. So it was kind of perfect timing. I got to meet a whole new group of friends as she started on this new chapter in her life. Yay, Emily, for helping you out with your new friends. Exactly. (laughs) Bring it together. (laughs) Yes. And we just clicked like right away and just had so much in common. And um, just, I mean, what were your thoughts when we first met? 
It, well, I think that's part of why we can't remember the first time we met is because it was just so seamless. We were at all of these different things together and we kept having all of these little conversations. And then I think finally it was just, well, of course we're going to hang out because why would we not hang out? We're both amazing. Of course we're going to keep Yes, it. we are both amazing. <laughs> and just to let you all know, Katie is from a small town in Wisconsin that... I know I had never heard of. Tell tell my listeners a little bit about where you came from, what your life was like. So before I had moved to Atlanta, um, and to just kind of give you perspective, since Atlanta, I've also been in Chicago and I'm in Sydney right now. Um, so I grew up in this little tiny bitty town that no one has ever heard of. And it's one of those places that the people who are from there tend to stay there. And maybe they go to college for a couple of years, but usually in state and then they come back and settle down. Um, I, on the other hand, never remember having a moment where I ever thought that that's where I was going to stay. So I approached everything with kind of this different mindset mm-hmm. than everyone else I went to high school with. But I didn't realize this until probably 20 years later that no one everyone else wasn't planning on leaving. Like for me, that was always a finite point in time. Like I'm going to be in. <laughs> high school and then it's and I'm going to graduate and then I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is the same way I felt like I grew, you know, I grew up in Daytona Beach yes. and I fell in love with Atlanta when I visited there when I was 16. I was like, "Oh, this is where I'm going to live. I'm never going back to Florida. I'm I'm moving." <laughs> I could totally relate to that. When I moved to Atlanta, I had been there for 48 hours total before I accepted a job and had to move 3 weeks later. It was just someplace I knew I needed to be. And that move made such a difference in my life. I learned so much. I had so many cool experiences. And obviously, I met a ton of wonderful people. So it was just one of those, like, sometimes you just know you need to be somewhere. And Atlanta was that for me. It was kismet. It was so we could meet (laughs) and date. Speaking of Atlanta, oh, my gosh. I tell people we dated and had so much fun fun in Atlanta. Katie and I were in these streets meeting people out and about. (laughs) What was your dating life like in Atlanta, Katie? So Atlanta is probably my favorite city to date in uh, thus far of the, you know, six or seven I've lived in. Atlanta is the one place I've been where guys will actually come up and talk to you. Mm -hmm. And random people will tell you you're, you're beautiful in like such a sincere way. Like the, you know, the guy at the airport counter is like, wow, you really put together that outfit today. Or wow, this looks amazing. Or wow, you just got such a great smile or such a great spark. It's such a cool place to be to get all that positive feedback mm-hmm. in such a non-creepy way. It's really, that was my favorite thing about living and dating there is people were just really open. Yeah, yeah. And I like how you say a non-creepy way because there are yes, some places like where <laughs> right, right, where it's totally creepy and you're like, oh, get away from me. But yeah, no, I see what you like, mean. It's more like a Southern charm, Southern hospitality kind of thing yes. in Atlanta. These Southern gentlemen down here. Exactly. <laughs> so I know that uh, we could go on to talk about us forever in our friendship, but explain to my listeners what it means to be a life and career coach. Like what kind of things do you help people with? So what I primarily help people with is 
taking action on the big decisions that they need to make in their lives. And a huge part of that is helping them successfully navigate relationships. So what we're doing when we're doing career or life coaching is we're taking a big goal. Usually when people, people come to me, they're like, I need to change something in my life. And either it's, I need to figure out what it is, or I know the change I need to make. And I've just haven't been able to make the progress I want to make on it on my own. Mm -hmm. So how can you help me get to where I want to be? And so that's what we work together on. It's like, okay, what do you need in place? How do we get you from here to the next step? Let's come up with a strategy. Let's figure out the people you need to talk to, the steps you need to take, the skills you need to enhance. And usually there's a lot of mindset involved as well, because we're really working on making confident decisions with a really high level of awareness and intention. Mm -hmm. So you're doing things on purpose and you know exactly why you're doing them. There's no like close your eyes, throw spaghetti at the wall and pray it works out. I love that. Being more purpose driven. Yes. Yeah, that, that word, that's a good one. So just being, I tell my ladies, especially when I'm talking about dating, you just have to be more intentional about your decisions yes. and about your actions. And, and clearly that just is one of the things that you really help people with or let them recognize that they need to do. It's a huge part of it. When you really take that time to listen to yourself because we all spend a lot of time, and I, I do a whole workshop on mindfulness and social media, so this is a topic that's dear to my heart. Um, but when we spend so much time in, this, in the world we live in right now, taking in everybody else's thoughts and opinions, mm-hmm. and we get so much feedback that it's really a lot more difficult now to sit down and really listen to ourselves and think about, this is why I want what I want. Mm-hmm. And this is why this feels right to me. And this is why this feels wrong to me. Instead of just kind of letting our lives happen to us, we begin to then happen to our lives when we take that space to really say, what do I want from this? You know, we spend a lot of time asking for things and being like, I want this, I want this, I want this, but we don't always take the time to listen and think about, well, why do I want that? Why does this feel right? Why does this feel wrong? Mm -hmm. And why is this how I should move forward? That is so good. And it's so true. There's always something going on around us now. There's so much stimulation and inundation with other people's ideas. Like sometimes you think you came up with something. You don't even know it's something you just saw. Like there's so much media and social media and just other people's ideas and opinions. It's so hard to have an original thought unless you unplug and take that time to yourself. So good. Yes. So I know that you were not always a career coach and they heard a little bit about your bio that you started off in actual corporate America. That's where you are when we first met. So what was the most painful part about your formal career? So it was probably that I didn't have a lot of control because you're right. I started in corporate when I was 20, right after I graduated from college and spent a solid 15 years just climbing the ladder and being a super superstar and all of that. And I worked for some massive companies. And as part of that, you get to experience things like relocations and layoffs and mergers and acquisitions and all that fun stuff. Um, And that to me was what finally really started to grind is I felt like I wasn't doing something that really truly fulfilled me, even though I was doing something I was really good at. I have a Mm -hmm. whole closet at home with trophies and a 
Account Manager of the Year awards that are just gathering dust and I really need to figure out what to do with them. Uh, but it was- <laughs> <laughs> Melting them down <laughs> for bling jewelry. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Hanging them in some artful array inside the closet maybe, I don't know. <laughs> All kinds of ideas. So what I really found was that I hated that I wasn't in control of where I was going next. It was kind of, you know, after you go through a certain amount of layoffs, even if you make it through the layoff, you still feel like you're at the mercy of kind of someone else's goodwill or the toss of a coin or hoping that your number is not the one that gets crossed off. Mm -hmm. And as I went through all of that, I really crystallized on this idea that I needed to take control and I needed to figure out what, I, what fulfilled me and what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of sorting through all the, okay, I went to college. I did everything right. I followed all the here, do this, take this job, take this promotion. This is what's next. Take this raise. And I, I just been kind of on autopilot letting it happen. Mm -hmm. So I needed it take a moment to step back and really think, what do I want to do? What will make me feel fulfilled when I make, wake up in the morning? That's so true. And it's so much harder when you're good at something to kind of look at just because I'm good at it doesn't mean that this is my future, that it's laid out and set in stone. I love that concept that being good at it doesn't mean it's your purpose. It doesn't mean it fulfills you. Oh, that's good. So you figured out, okay, this is not what I want to do. I'm not in control. I want to forge my own path. I want to be a bad girl. I'm confident. I am going to move forward. So how did you make the transition from corporate America to coaching? So I did what I call going a short way down many, many different paths. And I kept coming up with the questions that I needed to answer next. So when I was looking at, okay, I was in sales, I was in account management. Like I said, I was really good at it. So I asked myself, what do you love about what you do now? What's your favorite part? What makes you want to work with these clients? What helps you to feel really excited about what you're doing? And so once I answered that, I got to this place where I was like, okay, well, I love helping people create lives and businesses because that's what I was doing. I was, I was selling people products that made their businesses easier and more effective. And I got to work with a lot of people who were starting their own businesses or expanding them. And I realized there was a part of that that I really loved. I loved being part of that energy and that forward momentum. And so once I had answered that question, it was figuring out, okay, how else can I be part of this? So it was, well, it's a, a different kind of sales. And I figured out that wasn't it. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's being in HR and helping people within an organization. And I was like, nope, I'm still tied in to accompany there. Mm -hmm. And then finally I got to, well, maybe I want to go get my PhD in psychology. Mm -hmm. you know, I have a lot of friends who are doctors. So I, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I remember that phase. <laughs> exactly. You were there for that part. And what I couldn't get a hell yes on in that was I couldn't get the hell yes on what I was going to do at the end. Mm -hmm. Right. I could see myself going through school and none of that was really something that I was afraid of, but I couldn't see what I was going to do on the other end that really felt like authentic to me. And so I was pushing and pushing and I'm like, okay, I need to get to this place where I can get a yes. And when I finally got to, I saw this teeny tiny ad in like a paper pamphlet that said, learn how to be a life coach. And I went to a two hour seminar that cost me 30 bucks. And at the end of that two hours, I was like, yes, sign me up. This is what I want to do. This is the thing I want to help motivated 
people live lives that feel amazing to them and help them to kind of upgrade their happiness, even if it's 10%, 20%, 30%, so then they can support the people in their lives and help them upgrade their happiness another 10, 20, or 30%. So that was how I got to where I am. And then from there, it was figuring out like, okay, I want to, want to do career coaching as opposed to all of the other types of coaching that are out there. And it was figuring out where my passion and my skill set really lay within that. Mm -hmm. But it was asking all those questions and getting really clear on my feelings about where I wanted to be and getting that hell yes moment every time I answered a question mm -hmm. that when it was time to move forward, I was like, yeah, this is where I'm going. I know why I'm doing this. It was easy mm -hmm. to say yes to what I wanted to do next. Yeah. I was totally not surprised though. That's the funny thing. When you told me for the first time and we're like, I'm going to do coaching. I was like, oh, this is so you. I mean, you're so positive and motivational and just are so knowledgeable, but are so willing to share that knowledge with other people and collaborate. And I just knew this would be a great feel for you. So switching gears a little bit, because so my listeners are always looking to discuss love and dating and relationships. So how do the worlds of life coaching and relationships intersect? So everything we do usually has something to do with relationships. There is no moment with a client where I am not talking about some kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. And kind of the sidebar off of that, how we feel in our careers and how we feel in our relationships and how we feel in the rest of our lives is all tied in together. If you hate your job, you are probably going to be pretty miserable to be around at the end of the day, which mm -hmm. automatically impacts your relationship or your, your ability to go out and create one. Mm -hmm. So there's never a moment where they're not in tune with each other. And I have a lot of conversations with clients about how do you communicate these things? How does making this career change open up your ability to date? How does shifting your schedule this tiny little bit create more space for you to continue to build this positive thing with your partner? Or how does it take away from that? So we're always being really intentional and conscious of how shifting things in our work life impacts the things in our personal lives. Because as much as we would like to think of them as all little silos that aren't connected, they are. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. So you really help people really see the big picture and kind of help them organize their lives so that they're flowing and creating a successful navigation between those things. Absolutely. Because once you let go of one piece and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to focus on work. It, like, it, there has to be balance throughout everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know what it feels like to be imbalanced where you're only working or you're only feeling successful in your career. Or you're, I mean, and even the flip side, sometimes it's, well, I'm only in love and I've totally dropped the ball on everything I was doing at work. And we can only sustain those things for so long before the foundation starts to crumble because we're all human. We're not meant to be robots who just perform the same task every day. Right. And I know it's especially hard in the beginning of a relationship when you're yes. so excited about the person and you're having those butterflies and you're trying to communicate all the time and you're texting all the time and you realize, oh my goodness, half the day's gone by and I've done nothing. <laughs> that moment where you're at your desk and you're like, oh God, I have a meeting in 45 minutes. I yes. haven't looked at my calendar yet. Yeah, and I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. 
Exactly. But I know 15 places we can go on our third date. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm totally prepared for tonight. Exactly. So I ordered new shoes. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. So what do you find challenging about career coaching? So the hardest part for me is when I meet with somebody um, and I do a lot of like sample sessions and one-off sessions and pop-up coaching. And I speak at a lot of events and um, work with people in kind of corporate environments where I'll connect with them for 30 minutes here and there. And it's always so hard when I talk to somebody who I know really wants to make a change. And, you know, we, we get to something really good and they're like, okay, I feel like I've got something to work with. So I'm just going to take this and work on it. And then I run into them like a year later and nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the great session we've had was just that it was one great session mm-hmm. and then nothing happened after that. And so it's for me, I always have to really come back to this idea that um, people will come to me for coaching when they're ready for coaching mm-hmm. and when they're ready to really take action. So that's what I try to communicate to them is, you know, sometimes you just need to add somebody else to your team who's there to support you through change. Because mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you run into this all the time. People want to make changes in their lives and we feel like we should be able to do it ourselves. I feel like this, like, oh, mm-hmm. I should be able to do that without any support. Like mm-hmm. I should be able to make this happen. Everybody else does this. But sometimes you really do just need somebody else who's there to help you create a strategy, to help you stay on track, to help you stay focused and to help you stay like positive and motivated about it because mm-hmm. change at the end of the day is hard. It doesn't matter what kind you're making. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get out there and date again after you've gotten divorced. It doesn't matter if you're trying to figure out whether you want to stay in a relationship or not. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're trying to change a career or what it is. Change is tough. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's probably the thing that I, I wish I could just kind of like put on a post-it and tell all of my clients that, you know, in a really like loving and supportive way. It's okay to want somebody on your team to help you through this. (laughs) It's okay to need help. It's okay. Yeah. And we run into that in the therapy world all the time. And I see that so much. People come to you and they have all these goals and expectations, but it's that path. They just don't know how to get there. It's almost like they can see the end, but they have no clue how to get there. And they'll, sometimes they would rather just stumble through it than to really just say, you know what? I need help. I am not all powerful. I am not all knowledgeable. Maybe there's someone out there for me that can provide me some tools or strategies or support. And so I'm just so glad we're talking about this to let people out there know it's okay to get help with your dating life or your relationships or your life in general or your career. And that's what people like Katie and I are here for. So good. I mean, these points. So now that we've talked about the challenging part, what, what is one of the craziest things you've experienced while coaching? So probably the craziest thing, and this just happened the other day, I was taking a taxi um, from the airport in Sydney back to the place that I'm I'm living right now. And I got in the cab and we're talking like this is a 15 minute cab ride. Like we're not committing to 45 minutes or anything. I get in and I'm tired. I've I've been in New Zealand for a week. Like I'm exhausted. And the cab driver starts asking me questions. He's like, oh, so what do you do? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a career strategy coach, blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of not expecting anything other than I'm going to chat with you for a minute so I can get a better tip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're driving and we're talking and I'm doing a little coaching and 
So anyway, I'm just kind of on autopilot at this point. We get to my destination and he's like, I've got a proposition for you. And I'm like, oh no, where's this going? Oh no, a proposition (laughs) in a foreign country from From a taxi taxi driver. driver. Right. Exactly. Yes. You're like, oh God, what's going to happen next? And so, so he's like, how about we trade cab rides for coaching? Brilliant. (laughs) Multiple cab rides or just this one seventeen dollar (laughs) one? Exactly. Like today or like Like, where are you gonna pick me up tomorrow? (laughs) Right, like do I get to ride a taxi ride every day? How much coaching are you expecting? Do I have to do all of the coaching in the taxi? Right do we part right like what's happening here (laughs) i love that but that just shows that people are so curious and interested in this life and the prospect of doing something different and learning but not necessarily willing to commit to the full process (laughs) well and i feel like there's a lot of people out there who are just so excited i've had this happen with a few clients lately where they're just so excited to be able to say all of the things that are in their head to someone who's interested, but not going to feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. or going to give them some kind of emotional feedback. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had a client who was working on a big career change. Like she'd been, she'd been out of work for a little while. She really wanted her next gig to be exactly what she wanted. And we get on the phone and she's like, okay, I just need to unload for a minute because I'm trying not to drive my partner crazy with this. <laughs> like he just, he can't handle everything that's in my head right now. And right. I don't want to overwhelm him. So I love that I have this container to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. She's like, because I know you're not going to be upset if I tell you how overwhelmed I am. Right. That is exactly what this space is for. It's for talking about these things. And mm-hmm. I love that we get to provide that space for people because it's so important. It is. I love that. Just that space to be themselves and digest, you know, what they need to and just kind of release sometimes. So good. Well, so honest. Like, it, honest. Yes, that too. Come back from and didn't really have a good time but everybody really wants them to be happy. And so whenever they go on a date, they feel all this pressure to be like, well, yeah, it was great. I think we'll go out again. Not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I never want to do that again. Why would I do that? Never. Everyone else has expectations for you. And sometimes you talk to yourself into things because of those expectations. So true. In, in all aspects of life. That's so good. Yes. So what are some of the most common mistakes that you see people making in their lives in general? Not feeling confident in their decisions and then not giving themselves. So that usually comes from not giving themselves permission to actually research that decision. So we all have this idea that the things we want are just going to appear for us right? Like that the perfect job is going to walk into our office, right? That somebody is going to come in. HR is going to be like, we've created this perfect thing just for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming in and sitting in your cube today. Here's what we've got for you. Or when you're sitting at home in your pajamas, watching Netflix on Friday night, and eating popcorn, <laughs> that the perfect guy is going to ring your doorbell. Mm-hmm. And that there's this idea that if we just sit there and wait, and don't rock the boat that these things will come to us. 
And so, yeah, like that we can will it to happen. Like if we want it bad enough, it'll just happen. Exactly. And then all we have to do is want it. And so that, that is always the piece that I see where people are very clear on what they want and they know what it'll look like, but they are not taking any action. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's this whole gap of like, well, why has nothing changed? Or they're just taking the same action over and over and over again. <laughs> right. Expecting the same yeah. result. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, well, if I just keep doing this, if I go to, I see this with networking all the time. Well, if I keep going to these networking events that I hate, and I used to do this, I would go to a huge networking event with one of my coworkers and then spend the entire time talking to her, which was great. She was lovely. We had a great time, but <laughs> none of us ever met anyone that we, was ever going to give us another job. Right. Cause you because already we knew those people. Exactly. <laughs> So it wasn't until I started going to these events by myself that I finally realized like, oh yeah, these are really effective when I don't just talk to her. <laughs> when I don't just talk to the person I know already. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure you see that with people in dating all the time. Oh my gosh. Oh, if people would just, I know. And I tell people this all the time. Like if you're not open to meeting someone new, you're not going to meet anyone new. <laughs> You know, but people think, like you said, they're just going to wake up and a glass slipper is going to be handed to them. And, you know, that people just have these magical ideas about about how dating works and how you meet people. It's very fun. It's very fun, but not very realistic. Yeah, so speaking of that. (laughs) Right, right, right. If you never leave the house, then he'll just climb in. (laughs) Which is a whole other terrifying aspect. Yeah, that would be kind of scary, actually. Probably don't want the, the robber to be the love of right. my life. Not the guy to date. Probably not the love of your life. Probably not. Okay. So now that we know how awesome you are at coaching and how you get people's lives together and help them create all this balance, what are your personal dating experiences like right about now? So I have actually found dating to be a ton more fun right now, which was not something I expected because I'd heard all of these horror stories about dating in your like late thirties. And I have found it to be kind of the opposite because people are a lot more willing to be open and honest, or at least I'm a lot more willing to be open and honest. And I have found that guys respond really well to that Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm not trying to sell them some, you know, Disney mythology. Mm-hmm. that says this is this is what I'm looking for it's like I'm and I'm also really clear on what I want so I'm not kind of doing that whole well maybe I'll give him a chance because possibly this could work mm-hmm. when you know there's 87 red flags that say this is just not gonna work why are you right. pushing <laughs> exactly yes that is such a bad girl mentality that you're expressing right now that you have to be clear about what you want and have those expectations for yourself because if you don't know what you want then you're not gonna get it you're just gonna get what the world brings you like you said it's just letting the life happen to you so it's the same thing in dating life if you don't know what you want your dating life is just gonna happen to you And you won't, and I find so many people haven't revised their idea of who they want to be with since they were 16, 19, 22. Because that's when we form a lot of those ideas. And what I find is that there's people who are like, well, this is what I'm looking for. And it's like, well, but is that what your college boyfriend was like? (laughs) And it's still the guy you want. 
right? Like the guy I wanted at 25 is, is not the guy I want at 35. Mm-hmm. And it, but part of that is I've taken the time to sit down and be like, okay, what's important to me now? And what's important to me for what's happening next? And what are the qualities I want to look for as we go through all of this? Mm-hmm. You know, cause everyone, it's also, I think, okay to say everyone's not going to want exactly the same thing. So when you're out there dating, it's okay to say what you want. Mm-hmm. No, I, I that's, that's so good. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you know now in your late thirties that you thought you might've wanted in your twenties that you know for sure are different now? So for me, it's really, so I was always the girl who dated um, the potential in a person, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a really normal thing to do in your twenties, right? Cause we're all in potential mode at that point. And it's really, and that is also part of what makes me a fantastic coach is it's really easy for me to see like the giant glowing potential in someone, but people come to me for coaching on purpose. It's not fair for me to, you know, put all of my dates through a coaching process. (laughs) (laughs) Not for free anyway. (laughs) Exactly. That's actually a red flag when someone sits down on their first date and is like, so I think I need a life coach. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Today. (laughs) Okay do you want rates and we can revise this session (laughs) to not be a date? (laughs) Because you get to pick one or the other. We can either be on a date or we can be in a coaching session. Exactly. (laughs) Not doing both at the same time. Um, So what I've found is that it's really important to me to be with somebody who is confidently on their path and kind of continually seeking what's going to be next for them. So because I am, as we've talked about, like I'm an entrepreneur, I tend to be a push the boundaries. I tend to want to move some, like, where am I going next? What can we do? How can we keep going there? It's really important for me to be with somebody who gets that and is also excited about that Mm -hmm. and is excited about the goals they have for themselves. So not getting locked into the, I do this, I hate my job. I'm not going to do anything about it. I've hated it for 10 years. This is just what's happening to me. This is just how it is. Mm -hmm. So when I hear that from somebody on a date, those to me are really big red flags because we're not going to be on the same page. Yes. You've got to pay attention to those red flags and really digest them and figure out, are they slow down, take your time, or are they real deal breakers? Because I think sometimes we pay attention to it and we explain it away. Like I know people who don't want kids at all that date people that want five kids and they say, oh, he might change his mind or maybe I'll change my mind. Like those are things that are definite huge incompatibilities but they continue to be in these relationships and those are things that are just like at some point there's an end moment in that and you're just kind of delaying the inevitable and to me that so that's really important to me as I start out dating right in the first couple dates I really want to know what your vision is what are you, what are you looking for in a relationship? What, you know, I, and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm trying to close the deal by date number three, but I really want to hear, what are you excited about right now? Are you excited about just, you know, be having someone to hang out with? Or are you trying to build a family? Because if we're not aligned in those goals, then we really shouldn't waste each other's time. Mm-hmm. Because those things probably, while they might change, especially I think for the point that I'm at, 
that. And I think, you know, people know these things about themselves at a certain point. Like, you know, when you're dating in your early 40s or your late 30s, what you think about the having kids situation, or at least you should. And, you know, that's kind of one of those big things. If you haven't thought about it by this point, you really need to be clear on it and clear on where you want to go and what you want to do with those aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, For it's just sure. like, um, I run into a lot of this in Chicago when I was dating there. Uh, there are a lot of people in Chicago who love Chicago and really want to stay there. It's a lot like dating in New York where it's like, I'm from New York. I want to be in New York. I don't want to, I would never consider anywhere else. And that's another one that's really, really kind of something for me that I pay attention to because Chicago is probably not where I will spend the rest of my life. So dating someone who only wants to be there and is very clear on that, which is great for them. And this is kind of that no judgment space. Just because we don't want the same things doesn't mean that I'm good and you're bad. Right. Or you're good and I'm bad, which I think is really hard. It's just saying our big picture life goals aren't the same. Mm -hmm. So unless there is some overriding other thing that's bringing us together, how hard do we push to try to make this work when you'd have to sacrifice and I'd have to sacrifice some massive pieces of almost kind of our core persona? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of who you are. Yeah, no, I understand that totally. That That's so hard too, especially when you actually really like a person for who they are, their personality, yeah. but you have these major incompatibilities in terms of what you want in life or your morals or values and it's just really hard to make that clean break, but you, you've just got to do it sometimes. Yes. And that's hard because sometimes you have to be the one who's like, hey, I really like you and enjoy your company and think you're amazing, but we keep having the same fight. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe, we shouldn't, maybe we should be trying to find other people to do this with. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe this isn't going to work. <laughs> right. So... I know how fabulous you are and I've known for years, but there are a lot of coaches out there, just all types of coaches in different fields. What makes you, Katie, different and how do you stand out amongst the rest? So the one thing that my clients tell me over and over and over again um, is that they really appreciate that I see them as a real person. So it's this idea that you're a real person and you're going to have to go do these things in real life. Mm-hmm. And that they are each individuals because there's so many cookie cutter approach systems out there where it's like, here, just, you know, take this worksheet and go do it and we'll see if it works for you. So and a lot of my clients, especially because I do career coaching are really sick of the take this assessment and then we'll figure out what you're going to do approach to coaching because they've had so much of that. And there's so many of the assessments are free online and they're like, yeah, I've done all of that. And they've told me 40 different things. I need to figure out what I want to do and how to take action on it. So they really appreciate when we put together a strategy, because when we put it together like that, they're actually excited to follow it. It's not just me handing them something and saying, here, go do this. It's being part of their team and really supporting them as they make the changes in their lives and careers. So, and I also think it's really important to be supportive and positive, but also focused and realistic. So it's my job to actively listen to them and say, okay, here's what I'm hearing you say. And here's what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. So let's figure that out and figure out where the conflicts are and where the blocks are and how to break through them. Um, But probably the other thing that they really appreciate is that I've also, I've been in corporate. I know what it's like. 
I climbed the ladder. I lived through the crazy coworkers. <laughs> I have had the bad manager. I have had the insane clients. So when they talk about like, oh yeah, I got home from this, from this trip at like 12 o'clock last night. And all I've eaten for the last three weeks is like carry out Thai food. I get it. Like, I, I totally understand. I know exactly what it is like to wake up at 4am with like the burning acid hole in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Because you know you have to start working four or five hours. Yes. Or right then. <laughs> or, or right then. It's like, oh God. 4am. <laughs> time. <laughs> so what tips do you have for my listeners out there that are trying to find their purpose as well as love? So just like with your career, you can't sit back and wait for change to happen. And we've talked about this a little bit. Like the first, the perfect job offer isn't walking into your office. Your soulmate isn't appearing in your living room, unless he really is the guy climbing through the window. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, when I say this, I am not saying that you should never take a night off and relax and really enjoy your space, but it shouldn't be the only thing that you do. And you can't count just signing up for an online dating site as checking off working on your relationship goals. Mm -hmm. If you want to make a change, the thing that's going to make the biggest difference, and this is the same in career as it is in romance, you have to get out there and talk to people. You have to have real life connections. This idea that we can make it all happen on the internet just isn't realistic. So you but have to get out there it and talk seems to so easy. <laughs> oh my it God. seems so it's convenient. So <laughs> yes. I can do everything from my living room. I can order dinner. I can order groceries. I can order love. It's all on there. <laughs> exactly. It's so much more. It's so perfect. Yes. Mm. I can do it all from in here. But I love yes. that. You've got to take so action. And yes. take action, get out there and actually talk to people. And that's how you're going to find your new career purpose. That's how you're going to find love. You're just going to be active. Oh, I love that. You just, oh, you're just so smart. I could sit here and talk to you all day, but as you know, we have to come to an end. So where can my listeners find you? I know they're going to want to use all your programs now and sign up for coaching. Where, where can they find you? So they can find me at mindful-theletteru.com. Um, or they can find me at mindful you. So it's always mindful. And then the letter you on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, and I'm also going to give your listeners a free download. Um, so I'm going to give them free access to how to make more confident decisions workshop, which is very helpful, whether you're trying to make a career decision or a love decision, you want to feel more confident in why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if they go to mindful dash the letter you.com backslash bad girl, they'll be able to log in and view that workshop. Oh, yes. And My bad girls out there are going to be able to make more confident decisions. And they know, I tell them all the time, that confidence is key. So that is in love and in life. And Katie Flatto from Mindful You is going to help them figure out how to make more confident decisions. I love that. Any last parting words for our audience out there? Just anything you want to tell them? So change happens when you put focus on a certain area of your life. So do not be afraid to kind of break through and put high quality, positive energy into your work or into your love life. So you can keep creating that life that you want to live. So many people think that they're 
putting energy into something, but you're, they're putting in kind of that low level, you know, half-assed, I'm, I'm not really going to commit to doing this energy, which doesn't create any change. Mm -hmm. So think, think about putting focus on the areas that you want to change and how you can make that focus a high quality, positive energy. Oh, I love that. And do not be afraid to go after what you want. So many people are worried about telling people what they want or going after it for fear of failure or judgment. And you just can't be, you can't do that. Not in this lifetime anymore. It's just too much to think about and too much that you have to go get for yourself. So I love that. Some of the things that stuck out that you talked about to me were finding balance. So you're finding the balance between yourself and your career and dating and being clear about what you want. And that is just in life and in love. I love that. And lastly, don't date the potential of somebody. We've all done that. Those days are over. You've got to date who you see right in front of you and accept assess who's right in front of you, not who they could be, because we know that may never happen. <laughs> exactly. Listen to people when they tell you who they are. It listen. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yes. Listen to people when they tell you who you are or show you who they are for sure. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on. This has been the Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Io and our guest, Katie Flatto from Mindful You, dropping gems and knowledge on us. Thank you so much for coming. And I will talk to you all next week. Until then, be bad. That's this week's episode of Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Io. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give me a review on iTunes. For more material and content, you can find me under IOGathingMD on Instagram and Twitter, or head over to my website, www.iogathingmd.com. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Until then, be bad. Be bad.